Howdy, partners, and welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live broadcast brought to you here by Frontline Gaming. We are your hosts, Kicker, the chief of cereal and sigilite of the FLG, and I am Seth the Mad Doc, your uh, competitive cowboy correspondent tonight. Kicker Bud, how you been doing? Hi, y'all. How y'all been right now? I tell you what, it's been good down here in the South. Okay, South, why are we doing this tonight? What is going on? Is it Mainly because have... you told me I couldn't. I told you you couldn't and you went with it. So so thank you. I appreciate the um the lack of respect, but that's okay. Guys, hey everyone, this is Signals from the Frontline. If you're listening live, um, that's great, but you make sure you should be watching, tune in, you know, sorry, I just screwed that up. I apologize. I can't speak. I've had a very long day. My wife is super pregnant. And I've been all over the place. <laughs> Too much well, that's all right, partner. That's all right. Now you just okay, tell us. Okay, guys. If you are listening, that's great, but you should be watching live every Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you can be part of the show. The chat is awesome. We love you guys. Hi, everyone in chat. We see you. And more importantly, get the cool visual elements like my hobby progress here. Mr. Nikki D, our, 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 our guru in the back. Can you bring down my hobby progress? I have been busy. Look at that, Seth. Do you see that? Do you those, see what that those is? Those are uh, those are our beaties. Those are our our beaties, man. Our friends at GW said I gotta say, man, I love these minis. I am such a sucker for shield walls in 40k. Whenever I can have a shield wall in 40k, I'm buying those minis and and finding a way to make them work. And after re uh, reviewing the rules in the in the recent Lion book, I'm like, wow, they just may have some play in 40k. Are they going to be super competitive? No. But they could probably maybe have some sort of function. They've got a pretty good save, I mean, and they have a few. As long as you have a cyber mastiff, it it's counts as competitive for me, dude. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you can get a dog on the tabletop, yes, you you have to do it. Uh, I I I gotta say though, I think I'm 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 destroying you and Nikki D in the hobby progress. This is basically week after week after week with with unit after unit being completely totally finished. Um, what about you, Steph? What have you been up to? Have you been painting? Have you been painting? I have. I have kicked. All right. All right. I, you know, I've been just as, uh, Ooh, just as productive as you. I finished uh, 10 Gretchen. Uh, these are okay. actually uh, Station Forge 3D prints. Okay. Um, and they do Gretchen in a bunch of different styles, so I've got more styles coming. Uh, and then I also went ahead and painted up this, which is a nice little statue of Captain Ooh, America. Nice. I've been working on him. So, you know, Let's more describe fun. that for those that... Uh, it is, those, it is a, a very uh, rugged and stoic-looking Captain <laughs> America holding his shield in a, in a, on a kind of somber pose uh but I, so, I like so you 3d printed this at your yep. home right that's amazing yep. like I, I i mean i'm not you know super savvy to being able to tell what's 3d printed versus what's not but that doesn't look 3d printed to me that looks like a quality miniature right there yeah it came out well so i've been happy with it i've been trying to just kind of print uh different superhero stuff to paint and sit on my work desk um and then uh i've been getting hyped for 10th edition they've been yeah. making a lot of rules on on the community page so i've been super excited about that uh but what about our our good host there nikki d in the background what have you been up to bud hey guys so first Seth, i'm gonna note the captain america prints you have that might actually be me like it's got the mustache <laughs> oh. goatee look the it, it does, hair where it's it longer you know on the top you know that i've sides. seen let, let me pause you there because I've been watching a lot of 3D sculptors and there's definitely some guys out there that will put your head on a model if you ask them to. Oh but someone's gosh. been working on an, um, an Eisenhorn sculpt with Henry oh Cavill's head. Yes. And I've been yes. kind of waiting for that one. Yes. Oh my gosh, please. Yeah, that. Uh, so that that might be it. But aside from that, guys, I'll be honest, I, I've been doing a lot of house projects. So those are not hobby, but they are necessary. And then aside from that, I have been, if you're watching the, the show live here, you can see this picture. It's me staring lovingly at Aww. my uh, Impulsor Aww. and my chief librarian, Mephiston. I'm very excited. Aww. The rules updates that we've seen so far. I've, 
I, we're we're gonna see. We're gonna see what it's what it's like. But we're not gonna talk about tenth edition just yet because there was a huge update last Thursday with the long-awaited data slate for mm -hmm. Warhammer 40k yes. edition. So with that, I'm gonna put away the picture of me and my my loving models, and I'm bringing on now our special guest. Oh, there we go. folks, you can there see he him. Is. He's popped up if you're watching He's the screen. He's in the house. He's in and our studio. I have arrived. We there we go. We, we have the Archon Scar himself. Uh, Scar, introduce yourself to the audience in case some of them haven't uh, heard from you before, although I do question how that's possible at this point <laughs> in their 40k careers. Hello, everyone. I'm Scary. All you newcomers that have uh, joined in the bowels of Ninth Edition, I uh, play Dark Elder, and I have for many, many, many years. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited to chat. We've got the data slate. We got stuff that's happening. Oh, I'm really pumped. Yeah, Scary, you are also all over the internet, and you're not only just you know on the cameras. You're playing a lot of tournaments. Do you run any tournaments? I got to ask. Do you run any tournaments? I do. Well, I run one big one every year called right. the Berry Bash. Cool. Um, that one happens at the end of February every year. We just had our first one back after the pandemic, and uh, it was the ninth one. So next year wow. will be the 10 year of the Berry Bash, which was the first ITC ranked event in all of Canada uh, nice. when the ITC started and back before it was a thing. And there was like, 30 people that played on the ITC. Oh, Scar, yeah. do you realize that that means the 10th Berry Bash will be in 10th edition? Oh, mind blown. Ooh, it's exciting. Um, you know what? I hadn't actually thought of it that way. Now I'm going to have to make a poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, man. You're going to need T-shirts. You're going to need T-shirts. All right. So before we get into the meat and potatoes, Scary, we have to ask you an integral question here. We need to get to know you. Our audience okay. needs to get to know you. And I okay. have to ask this because it is in my contract. What is your favorite breakfast cereal? Ideally, it's sugary and will rot your teeth. But, you know, no, we don't judge oh, too harshly. Okay. It's a very close two between... Just straight up Lucky Charms. All right, cool. OG Lucky Charms, I like that. Yeah. And uh, Golden Grams. Golden Grams. You see, mm. Golden Grams is so underrated. More people need to, you know, enjoy Golden Grams. Delicious. Golden yeah. Grams is delicious, but it loses its consistency real quick. It, yeah, you just have to eat it quickly, and yeah, then yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you have like a Small bowl of sugary goodness at the end. It's just yeah, great. Right. Golden Grams is a bit of a seasonal cereal, though. Like its prime time is when it's just chilly outside. Because yeah, okay, we're going into the weeds there, but I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> You and I. Comes with your pumpkin spice lattes or pumpkin spice everything. <laughs> yes. Pumpkin spice golden grams. General Mills, no. uh, you, the check, you can just send that straight on in, guys. It's like next next thing you say that they'll do Peeps and Pepsi or something. Uh, there, there is a Peeps oh, cereal. I, I will tell you that. That is, does exist. I have tried it. It is terrible, but it is a seasonal cereal feaster. Uh, two years now running. I believe Ooh. Kellogg's makes it. But Please, let's not go no. into those. those, those we uh, but we have a vote for the cereal. golden grams breakfast bar in chat. There is a Golden Grams. Yes, that does exist. Does exist. Golden Grams really is a staple. It's just been around forever. It's just people never talk about it. I highly recommend you guys go out there and try it. But it's like Seth, let's start this off with some really serious stuff here, right? We okay. Need to all right. Scary. You've yes. uh, you've consumed all of the the data slate. Uh, yeah. Give us your your thoughts on kind of how you think uh, the data slate has uh, has affected uh, the game going forward in our last few months here in Ninth Edition. I love the fact that I think it's good. I think the data slate changed a th some things that were very, very um, like oppressive. Let's not lie; nobody liked playing against fifty Dark Angel Terminators with trans, you know, transhuman. That was just 
not fun. Like you just drool your way to the finish line. Yeah. You know, and you're like, yay, I win. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know. I, as much as that's fun when you get to do it, it's not really fun for anybody else. Um, I like the changes surprised of some of the changes. Some of the changes are too late and some changes that needed to be done didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. So just for kind of listeners at home, the, the big offenders, uh, kicker over there, uh, was one of the big offenders. Oh, come on. They changed a few things in Astro Militarum. The main things, uh, removing the ability for the finial to, uh, have a, uh, it, ignore, ignore modifiers, uh, component to <sighs> it. That was the wrong nerf, okay? Yeah. But that was just... Anyway. I'm not complaining. I was happy that they chose to nerf that element yeah. of the banner. But the other big thing with the guard, Seth, why don't you tell them about the... Uh, the yeah, the overcharged LAS cells. They they yeah. changed the wording on that to limit to the unit using stratagem can do a total of six mortal wounds, period, not six mortal wounds per target. So it's still the, so powerful and well the, worth Those Karsakin only doing six mortal wounds. They still they, kill things. They still they like kill, they kill the crap out of one thing. You know, yeah. or maybe even two. You know, they but they won't yeah. do like eighteen mortal wounds on average per yep. unit per turn, which was ridiculous <laughs> for the point cost. Yeah. But what they, other big things though got nerfed though? Because it wasn't just yeah. guard. Come Dark, on, guys. Dark Angels lost uh, their their inner circle yep. uh, bullet that gave them transhuman, and mm-hmm. then they adjusted some secondaries for Gene Stealer Cult and for Space Marines, making them a little less efficient. Um, so, Scar, do you think those those nerfs, as they will, were enough? Um, for Genius Steel Cult, no, because they'll just transition over to like behind enemy lines again to like get yeah. a consistent score. So that and wasn't CP. the issue with Yeah, exactly. And they get their CP as well. Um that's that was not the issue with Genius Steel Cult. Genius Steel Cult are a whole other can of worms. They're just I guess it's a towards the end of the edition, how in depth do you really want to go with that? And it, they're not like breaking the game, they're good, but it's like a fraction of the people playing it. And um, as for the finial, for example, to be honest, they should have just made it a pick a unit to get all of the buffs instead of having a giant aura oh, from I this like, little command squad. Just yeah. like, I don't care how powerful it is, but if you can just pick one unit instead of everyone around oh, it, you know point. what I mean? Um, and, uh, and then the Dark Angels and Space Marines. Uh, chapter Tactics or whatever it's called. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Codex you know, Warfare. Codex Warfare, there you go. That one specifically, as a Dark Eldar player, it was like an auto 15 for my opponent. Yeah. You know, I've got lots of little units and they were just going to score 15 points. Now you can still score it, but you have to play a little bit around with it. You know, you can, you have stratagems to put units into every um, chapter tactic, you know, and then you can score it consistently throughout the course of the game with stuff. So there's like ways that you can all re- like max it out still, but it's not just as straightforward as I brought a bunch of heavy weapons and I'm going to get max of, you know, 15 yeah. points. Yeah. I think the, the bigger boogeyman in the, the space Marine, uh, Armulus were were not yes they could they could score that really well but they were also just with some hyper efficient units yeah um and with the the addition of the desolators and their out of line of sight shooting um for squishy combat armies like uh like us us here orcs and orcs and uh, eldar hiding behind a wall uh was you know a great strategy that now is somewhat less effective Ooh, looks oh, like chat's yeah. jumping in, guys. I, I gotta ask. It uh, looks like there's no changes to demons, including their uh, their second uh, their the reliable secondaries. Like, you know, 
uh, reality rebels? What, what do you what do you guys think? I mean, Seth, you you got problems with it? I don't have problems with it. Demons haven't been running amok across no, the meta. They have like some hard counters. You know, like demons are good, but there are certain armies that will just mess a demon player up. Yeah. So you know, and those other armies are frequent enough that they sort of self balance. Keep them. Key, like, yeah, keep them in check. They yeah. keep that balance. Yeah. Um, it is a very good secondary, but even then, they don't have like three fantastic secondaries. Yeah, you know, yeah. like Gene Sealer Cult. And anything that brings a lot of volume ends up giving Gene Sealer Cult a problem, or not Gene Sealer Cult demons a problem. Like Kicker, if if D, like a, a giant, you know, angry bloodthirster walked up in front of your guard army, you'd be like, "Cool, bullets, shoot him again." Yeah, Using my just, banner, damn it! I brought a. I brought. <laughs> you don't a even need your banner. You just need to throw bullets. Die. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, uh, yeah, demons aren't like as scary, I guess, as as they could be. Uh, Kelsey Ito says that the big nerf that we need to do to GSC is that we need to nerf Dustin Henshaw, one of their star players, and and a friend of the show. Uh, yeah, that that would probably help. Just nerf that one particular player. I wonder if GW is going to start doing target nerfs like so, that. I, you know, I could see that so I was out. listening Any to the guys at StatCheck, like, and they actually. Sorry, proposed sorry. an interesting theory with Gene Sealer Cult, which yeah, is yeah. Gene Sealer Cult is not necessarily broken. It is the Gene Sealer Cult players. Oh, um, because <laughs> the players that are succeeding with Gene Sealer Cult are generally very strong players yeah. to begin with, and they probably would succeed in a number of factions. Um, and, so it and might it's crazy be how interesting that, it is, uh, right? That that yeah. player bases for for popular armies that can kind of dilute some of the the potential. I don't know. You said the light, but a lot of people play guard. A lot of play play. A lot of people play Space Marines. A lot of people play Orcs. And yeah, uh, yeah it kind of changed those win, win scores a lot. Well, going back to the data slate for that yeah. specific point, you know, it, so a lot of the changes are very impactful to like the sort of like the general population that plays Warhammer 40,000. Yeah. But a lot of them, like any sort of changes that you see, like a good player will sort of sidestep any particular changes and will find something else that works or yeah. will just kind of change factions or take a fringe unit that was like not the go-to and then all of a sudden it becomes the go-to once a change comes into play again yeah yeah so the other i guess i missed one nerf technically which was custodes um and they nerfed custodes by by changing uh their arcane genetic alchemy and emperor's auspice stratagems um that they can only be used on infantry and you can't use both of them on the same squad for everyone at home that's uh no re-rolls and transhuman so you can't put those both on the same squad now um and yeah. they're the infantry only um what do you think scary did they need to get that that thump on the nose uh, you when you have 20 wardens on the table and one has no rerolls against it and one is transhuman and then you can still mix it with something like shadow keepers minus one strength like you still yep. have a very tough army to yeah. get through you know i don't think it really changes that much it just means that the custodies player isn't running out of CP as fast. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a precedent for this before, because I kind of do like this, right? Saying that you can only do one or the other uh, on one unit now. Like, I think that's kind of a cool fix. I don't know if it's necessary. Yeah, or... I'm, I'm just trying to think if there's a precedent anywhere else. Well, but... it would be cool if, um, like, there is a precedent in Age of Sigmar. So in Age okay. of Sigmar, when you have right. command abilities that are like your stratagems, right, you can't give a unit more than one per oh. phase and it lasts for that one phase so you can't cool. stack multiple stratagems on a unit to like buff them in like in in ways that weren't intended quote unquote cool uh seth and i i mean you know i have not seen anything on 10th uh other than what's been previewed on, on the mass scale i don't seth think seth has either um but 
at least it looks like to me from what's been revealed that really Age of Sigmar is providing a good framework for a lot of the changes for the upcoming yeah. edition. Yeah. So that's so, historical. Like back in third edition, they released Cities of Death, and yeah. uh, and there was a lot of combat stuff in that supplement that ended up making it into fourth edition 40k wow, right cool. and then in fourth edition 40k they had a lot of like combat stuff and like things and then they added in like campaign books that then showcased a lot of the stuff that they added in fourth edition and then they added mm-hmm. you know random charge ranges to age of sigmar and they tested that out for a few i mean not age of sigmar warhammer fantasy i'm so sorry warhammer fantasy, yeah, fantasy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they tried they put that into 40k so they you know they cross pollinate a lot. Yeah, that's cool. Let's 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 circle back to the data site real quick. There are some armies that got buffed, including one close to your heart. Um, uh, how do you feel about the, the buffs that came out there, Scary? Um, uh, well, core on Talos and Kronos again means that they're usable again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to see some people probably pull out their nine Kronos, nine Talos lists, and do like thick city again, where they just yeah. go around and just murder people. Since um. What was it? The 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 Tyranid monster list. What was the name? Oh of that yeah, one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That uh, one just kind of yeah, Crusher, Crusher Stampede yeah. just like just totally destroyed Kronos yeah. and Talos in and a lot of ways. But now that's not a thing. Yeah, and now they've they've also buffed Nids. They've removed the rare organism. Mm-hmm. Um, they removed losing your synaptic imperatives when your your warlord yep. dies, um, and they got their adaptive uh, physiology back, so they can actually adapt each game to their opponent. I, is, that's a very powerful mechanic, by the this way. Is, this is a great dovetail and directly what we need to ask. Scari, in your years of experience and wisdom uh, and, and seeing the buffs that have been out there, who are you supposed to be watching you know, for the rest of the ten, uh, night? Like, who's, What factions are going to rise to the top with these buffs? Or, or you know, I mean, do we think who's, who's the time the of the top? I think Tau is underrated. Tau? Gonna, yeah, yeah, well, they, their broadsides got core back. Okay. Right. Like, broadsides getting core back is very good um the the amount of buffs you can put on a broadside unit when it has the core keyword is kind of ridiculous and point for point they put out a ridiculous amount of firepower so like six or nine broadside lists will do some work and they'll just table you um so i can see tau kind of like seeing a little bit of a bump there um you know eldar just regardless of what edition or what rules you're playing with any sort of eldar will have like a stake in the meta you know and when guard receive a nerf you know eldar always get better so like even a small nerf to or harlequins for example to not like ignoring the hit modifiers with the finial means that the a forest or like a lightning fast reactions or whatever makes those mortars less effective and anything that doesn't shoot you out of line of sight is just good for elves yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, Seth, uh, we've heard Scary's the thoughts. What do you think, and Seth, as our competitive guru on the show every week, what do you what do you think our audience needs to you know keep their eyes open for? Um, I still like Iron Hand Space Marines have were strong yeah. before this. They didn't really receive much in the way of, of bad touches from the balance they displayed. So I still think you're gonna see them. Um I think Gene Stellar called, like we said, the the nerfs uh to them were were easily kind of circumvented by different secondary choices. Um but so I think you'll see those two kind of float to the top uh, a bit more. Um, but otherwise, I think I think the meta is in a, a relatively healthy spot at this point. Um, we've got a lot of different armies making 
uh, podium showings at different events. So I, I think it's kind of once you get past those two big boogeymen, so to speak, it's anyone's game. Cool. Um, and you can always uh, get a path where maybe you dodge one of those two or you get a, a good mission and some some good roles uh, and, and maybe work your way through those bad matchups. So I'm, I'm actually pretty happy with where, where everything's sort of leveling out to here at the end of ninth uh, and excited to kind of see how the next uh, two or three months go for us. Nice. Well, so, with, yeah, ninth is ending. Yeah, yeah. We could take a snapshot of the edition right now. Yeah. And just be like, this was ninth. Right. And, uh, and, oh, that's like the end of it. And to be honest, historically speaking, I've, played seven editions of the game so far and uh going on my eighth now this will be mm -hmm. my eighth coming up this is probably the most fun and the most balanced and the most varied and sort of like organically grown edition i've seen Aww. you know uh, so i've had a lot of fun playing this edition well so are you nervous about 10th i mean we're transitioning not at all. to 10th okay i've played, not at all i'm a reckless abandon ninth <laughs> out the window 10th full bore let's just let's just dive in i'm excited to right. you know well we'll, we'll save our our 10th talk for a minute yes. we do have one more uh, uh, two more <laughs> questions we need to wrap up before we get into 10th um the first is is my counterpart to kicker's cereal question what is your favorite baked potato topping scary mm, cheese mm. cheese yeah just the cheese man <laughs> cheese is good on everything like you just, have to, just shredded cheese, you know, just like mm. just delicious cheese, a little bit of maybe barbecue sauce on there or whatever. Yes. You give it a little bit of tang. I had some barbecue chicken on, on a baked potato this or last week. It was pretty good. Nice. All right. So we're going to get into our signal short and then we'll, we'll hop into kind of the industry news, which is a lot of the 10th edition reveals there from Games Workshop. But before we get into that, Skari, you've got 30 seconds to answer the okay. most important question. Uh, let me wait. Oh, oh, I've got to get my timer. Ready. Get your timer out. So you, you are limited to 30 seconds. Okay. All right. this, is, this is important stuff. I can't mm. be I can't be just eyeballing 30 seconds. That's just... <laughs> I get my phone out right now. I, I I'll give you a visual this. with my fingers. All right. Oh, oh you do? Dude. Okay. Oh, no, not three minutes. No, we don't want three minutes. No, All not right. three minutes. You got 30 seconds. <clears throat> All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. You ready, okay. Skari? Yep. What's the best unique character in the Drukhari Codex, and what is their favorite Canadian food, excluding poutine? <laughs> mm, not poutine, eh? Okay, yes. so we have to extrapolate and take the third quarter of the fourth moon in the seventh age. Okay, so the best single character from the Drukhari Codex is Archon Skari, because he should have his own special character since he's been around forever. And last but not least, his favorite food would be maple syrup. <laughs> All right, and he did it under the 30-second mark. Good job, man. Good job. A little egotistical there, but that's hey, okay. You know. Hey, I am an archon. I've been there alive forever. There is no forever. wrong answers in signal shorts, Kicker. <laughs> oh, but, but, you know, he, he is correct. He needs though. a model. Like if you, okay. if you visualize this, maple syrup does seem like the correct food of choice for an archon like that just seems yes. like the natural fit yeah. just totally. pour it all <laughs> is this right, gonna folks. be like a homunculus <laughs> cult of maple syrup now today in the past uh the past 24 minutes of the show we've talked about cereal sweet uh, baked potato toppings and uh, sweet maple syrup so one wonderful right. way to start off the show let's just go into some industry news real fast guys because we have 10th edition on the horizon. We've got a professional that's been in this ho hobby forever. We have Seth. We've got Nikki D in the back. And we've got <laughs> me that can kind of talk. Let's talk about 10th edition, what we know. We know weapons. Weapon profiles. Mm -hmm. Seth. Mm -hmm. Scary. 
Nikki D, feel free to hop in if you want. What do you guys think? Seth, go first. N- new weapons. What we've seen for right now. Are you happy? Disappointed? They definitely have added a lot of interesting uh, things in terms of like words like uh, keywords like melta, sustained hits, devastating uh, wounds, twin linked. Um, so it, it's interesting because these look like they're all going to be universal special rules. Um, oh, yes, which I, I know. Yes, exactly. Scar and I are both like, yes, we need more of okay. that in life. So, 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 so why, Scarry? Why are universal special rules special or important or something you want? Um, I don't care what the description is of my unit can be placed anywhere on the table that's more than nine inches from your enemy unit i don't care if it's manta strike i don't care if it's jumping out of a valkyrie i don't care if it's teleporting i don't care if it's tunneling up from the ground i don't care if it's coming out of like crazy magic psychic power (laughs) the lion coming from the trees or something right (laughs) exactly game mechanically as a competitive player being able to just remember the it's deep strike yeah right And every army in the game that has a unit that has deep strike, you know what that means. Yeah. So it reduces the amount of crazy, the crazy amount of information you need to learn from like 20 different factions, you know? Um, anyway, I find it funny because like Jesse, who's um, uh, Dustin's friend who they do stutter scrub, he was talking about it today and he's literally, I went to a tournament and that's the Barry bash by the way and he's like <laughs> i i when i did something for my world eaters codex i called it the name in the codex yeah and it confused everyone oh, yeah. <laughs> like no and then when he called it something like oh it's just deep strike people are like oh no, okay no. but that's not a rule in ninth so i'm yeah. really excited that it's coming back yeah yeah all right, we're gonna phone. We're gonna phone a friend, Nikki D, coming in uh, hot. What is your thoughts on the vehicles? We know they're tougher, and we know you're dusting off your transports. Uh, we're gonna talk to transports in a second, but I guess vehicles are transports. You can talk about it all together. I know you're excited about this. Please, 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 give us your thoughts. Yes, vehicles. I am loving the updates. What we've seen so far about vehicles. The big thing that we saw was the increased toughness. So if you're watching the show, you can see on the screen we've got the. Uh, the data card, which we've we've heard that's going to be the new format. Everything you need is on the car. With uh, so for the Rhino as an example, going up to T9. Some of the other vehicles are going up to T10. A uh, Repulsor, I think, is what T14 now, right? Something like no, that. No, you that's T12. 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 Okay. Okay. T12. T14 is reserved for my boy, the Stomp. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think vehicles gonna be a lot, uh, gonna be a lot tougher, gonna be a lot bigger for us to kind of you know work through. I think they're gonna actually act and feel like vehicles um, again which is very very exciting so i'm very much looking forward to it but uh, i mean seth what do you think this is meaning for your orcs well yeah i mean the the higher toughness is certainly interesting um because it's definitely going to kind of stratify anti-vehicle weapons and anti-personnel weapons into more extremes um you know if if I think they've already said that the the strength to wound ratio in terms of what you need to roll um, has remained the same. So you're talking about, you know, a bolter is not going to do very well into shooting the vehicles. And even like a heavy bolter or an auto cannon is not going to do a lot of work into those heavy vehicles. So I do like that it's going to stratify what weapons we have to take. 
But the transport rules today, yes, oh boy, do okay. those get me excited. Let's just be honest, guys. This is what transports needed to make them really viable, right? And make them more realistic. Drive your 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 rhino straight down the battle line, and then your troops can exit out and fire, and you know, at full effectiveness. That is yeah. awesome. That's what yeah. they need to make transports exciting. Scary, do you think this is going to be the addition of transports? Uh, well, the addition of transports was like fifth edition. All right, okay, but um. You know, so is this fifth edition 5.1, you know, 5.0, whatever? Maybe. I love this, though. I think it's, it just opens the game up. So even with the smaller tables, right? So like the tables, this edition came smaller from a six by four. So you had like stuff on foot was able to get places more more readily and whatnot. But now you can like build, imagine like a Sisters of like silence unit with all flamers right yeah. and then running up like that rhino and this being able to get out or whatever the transport and this nuke and something that Beautiful. was like hiding behind Beautiful. we can already see the power of that with like tau where yeah. they've got the stratagems that allow them to move devil fishes up and get breaches out and just nuke stuff at short range yeah. so it'd be really cool to see how that impacts the game as a whole and, and and transports don't just have that cool, I think we're calling it boarding ramp or assault ramp rule. They have also got another rule that I know Seth was very stoked about. I think it's called firing, firing deck. deck. Yeah, firing deck. Battle wagons have 22 ways to shoot you. It's so exciting. <laughs> the firing brought, deck. Uh, if you go the back rhino to. Rhino hatchback. Like that is just. <laughs> The fact that you can just yeah. hop out from the back of the rhino and shoot a guy with a last cannon or whatever. That's I can't great. remember what it, what the last edition. It had to be 7th or 6th was the last time we were able to to have firing like Chimeras point. Chimeras had it. Right? Chimeras had it. Rhinos yeah. had it. Yeah. There were so many vehicles that and, had like, and they, a they firing And they would specifically state, like, okay, only two guys can fire out of this one. So yeah. you're like, cool. Most of my bolter guys are going to sit there, but I'm going to have my special weapon and my heavy weapon shoot mm-hmm. out of this one. Right <clears> um, back so in the I'm day, excited to see that. Back in the day, this is flashback. If you shot out of a Chimera, for example, or out of a Rhino, and you didn't have a three-plus armor save, for the next opponent shooting phase, the vehicle counted as open-topped, which then made it more vulnerable to enemy firepower because okay, they cool. didn't have, like... like anyway, yeah, that's, the, the that's shell a throwback. Could, could yeah. go inside and hit the... Let <laughs> me get the grenade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's exciting to see that. And they've also they, they showed us some of the rules in terms of how the the units inside shooting out how they're going to be affected by rules that may affect the transport. So in in essence, um, you know, guys inside that are shooting out, uh, those guns count as being fired by the vehicle. So if you have uh, buffs that are or, or debuffs that are applying to that vehicle, it applies to those shots, which cleans up a lot uh, of, of kind of questions on how those things get handed around. So that was super exciting. I mean, I personally am dreaming of just like three battle wagons driving around, just drive by dacking everything yes. out of the out of the field. It's going to be amazing. And they're going to have other fun rules like the, the Chimera's got the the fun rule where it can be a command vehicle, kind of like it is currently, where yep, you can yep. shoot orders from it. Mm-hmm. And Toroxes, I believe, are another vehicle that they, they called out that will be able to, I think, assault no, uh, or they, advance. They, they, it, they guys can get out after the vehicle advances. Yeah, like that's cool. So Look how fast, fast that's going to move. The Torox yeah. is already fast. Yeah, so, so it's it's definitely going to be able to help you get some angles around your opponents. They, they called out the assault ramp, allowing you to, to charge after you get out. So it definitely is going to... Like, transports in general is kind of tone down the the killiness that you're going to face because it you have to activate to kill my transport and then you have to activate to kill yeah. the guys that got out um so it just it just slows your opponent down and so that just means that we get more of our our toys where we want them um, all right so, so, so we, be, we i like that kind of cat and mouse game going on there 
Transports, yeah. vehicles in general, exciting. Uh, weapons look pretty cool. They're gonna have some yep. good rules. Make rules to make it streamlined. Uh, they're not just streamlining the, the the weapon rules though. We should talk about the streamlining of the phases in general the of each battle. Psychic phase. Yeah, psychic right. phase and morale or phase is gone. Sorry, hot take. What do you think? Less hot phases. Take. Is that a good thing? Um, I I like that they've streamlined it. It's shorter. It seems like it's more like you know playing 30k for example. You know your psychic powers they kind of already do what they're going to be doing in 40k, which is they they're built in as abilities or like weapons that you use and it's nice to see them bring it back it also takes away the whole i don't have a psyker in my list so therefore i don't participate in a whole phase of the game part Mm -hmm. of the game where like at least there's you can kind of relate that and the and the fact that like i'm interested to see how this new morale thing kind of works like in practice more than what they've just shown right like it's going to be interesting because nowadays it's like a weird thing where it can be very, very dangerously impactful to your army or nothing, nothing yeah. right? So it's going to be very cool to see how that works. Let's ask so, chat. If you're in chat right now, tell us what do you think. Is the new morale rules exciting? Do you think it's going to make an impact to the game more so than the current morale rules? Uh, yeah. Nikki D will be reading your comments and uh, we'll, we'll be sharing them. Seth, your thoughts. Morale, yay, nay. What do you, what do you I'm, think? I'm, I'm interested in morale because right now, just from from what we understand from the rules in tenth and what we have right now in ninth, Scary and I are playing. Scary shoots. I have unit of ten Gretchen in the backfield. He he fires some splinter cannons at him and kills four of them. Right now, I basically have to get through the one morale check. I might lose some dudes, but if I have two or three Gretchen left and they're going to sit behind a wall mm-hmm. on an objective, they're going to be fine as long as he can't get to them. But now, if he were to do that and he were to shoot me down to below half. Every turn, I'm risking those Gretchen not being able to hold an objective. Yeah, and that's a big problem. Yeah, so now if if those guys were just hanging out in the back, sitting on an objective, I have to go dedicate another unit to that objective if I want to guarantee that I'm going to hold it. Yeah, it says, why don't you explain for those that might not have seen the the, the release, how that's going to work? Basically, when you fail, how do you fail morale and what happens? So right now, from from what we saw, it's every unit has a leadership value and you have to roll over that. So, for instance, I think they showed... Uh, intercessors were like a seven plus, so yeah. or a six plus maybe. So on two dice, you have to beat that, and you have to take uh, morale when you are below half strength, I believe it is, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and there might be some other conditions when you might take morale, but that's still a little unclear. Uh, but if you are failing morale, you lose all of your OC. Your OC now counts as zero, which is huge. Um, Because that, from what we understand, that means you count as having zero models on that objective. Yeah. Which is bad. Really bad. You can no longer be affected by stratagems. Yeah, that's huge, too. Because, yeah, Yeah. I mean, like, think about it. You might need that linchpin model to do something, and suddenly now it can't. Uh, And. If you're going to try to fall back, you have to take what's called a desperate escape test. Um, they haven't really gone too in detail what that is. Um, so it might be something like desperate breakout where you have to roll and on certain values, maybe models die, or maybe it's I have to pass another type of test in order to be able to fall back. And if I can't pass it, maybe I stay in combat, but it makes that unit that much less reliable. Which makes sense for like a, in a battlefield situation, like it's it's like that attrition, you know, where like combat units lose their combat effectiveness based on like casualties they've taken or morale issues or whatever. I will say this is a small thing, but I really like this. I like that it's consistently rolling high is good. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, in the in the past it's like everything you need to roll high to do well, but like morale, no, you need to low roll for morale. You need to roll low for morale. 
So uh, now it's like you just need to roll high for everything. Guys, the chat is buzzing like crazy right now. We've got Joel Atkins saying he's super excited for his Night Lords in 10th. That's that's huge. Uh, Dorian is not as excited about the changes to the psychic phase. Like uh, maybe Nikki D can explain why. What's going on there, man? Why is somebody not excited about the changes? Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why the chat's not particularly uh, not interested for the changes. But Skari, you're an Age of Sigmar player as well. So I think you can probably add to this conversation where in Age of Sigmar, typically, which we already kind of chatted about, a lot of things are taken from that, different psychers will have different powers, right? So different psychers do different things, and I can say for myself, even as a Chaos Demons player, there becomes a point where it's, I'm only really wanting to use the same two or three powers every game anyways. So it's, to me, ninth edition with a lot of the psychic powers has been sort of an illusion of choice of, oh, yeah. I get to pick my own powers. But really, you're using the same powers every time. I think some of the things, so the oath of moment for the librarian yep. being built in, uh, built in as an ability, I like. And then having a different ability uh, that they can yep. cast, I'm excited for it. Skari, what do you think? Is, it, is that a lot of the same from your experience? Uh, yeah, well, in Age of Sigmar, yes. You have, like, especially competitively speaking, every every wizard has its their own spell, right? And sometimes it's a useful spell, sometimes it's not. But a lot of the times you see people bringing the same two or three spells, right? And you've got like the generic ones. To be honest, that transcends psychic powers. And whether you like it or not, like at a competitive level, you might have had three different D6 charts for Warlord traits and three pages of relics and a supplement with a whole bunch of other stuff. And when you went to a competitive event, you saw the same three things every single time because over people testing them, things become like noticeably more efficient or better or whatever it is for the meta, right? So I kind of like it. We saw that in boarding actions. They gave everybody like, you can take one of these three things as an enhancement, done. And you each get like three stratagems, done. And it, it works, you know, because at the end of the day, it's the stuff that you would have taken anyway because it's the better stuff, if that makes yeah. sense. And everything and else sounds cool to read the little fluff blurb with it, but nobody uses it ever. Yeah. Let me let me also just say I understand like your concern, Dorian, but it's I think it's early for us to judge that this is gonna be a huge nerf to Eldar and T Sons, because we don't know design wise where they're going with those. We know those yeah. are psychic heavy armies, but from from a lore's perspective, uh, Scary. From a lore's perspective, Ooh. how does a Craftworld Eldar fire Ooh. his shuriken catapult? They go like this: pew pew, pew pew. They use psychic really uh, oh. powers to fire their <laughs> yeah. shuriken catapult. <laughs> so there's a lot they of say things. Pew pew, and it happens. yeah, they say pew pew, they and that pew, casts yeah. the power that makes the gun go pew pew. <laughs> um, but uh, that there's a lot of lore ways to take a psychic power and make it a shooting attack or make it an ability yeah. and well, if, back in if the day executes on that i think it could work out really well for t-sun destructor and, uh, was that was a flamer yeah. destructor was like a flamer template you you if you did destructor it was literally like a flamer and that yeah. was it your warlock had a flamer gun you know and that was from back in the day guys the chat is still hopping it looks like dean he's to of this weekend's mayhem gt north carolina is interested for a single model units now being impacted by morale effects that's that is kind of cool how a single model will still be impacted and and then seth do you see kelsey's kelsey's yeah. comment there yeah so kelsey points out that the changes to morale will allow you to do uh, objective denial but at range right now objective denial in order for me to take you off an objective I either have to kill your unit or i have to put my obsec on your unit yeah. uh and out 
it's like you now this opens up another avenue uh, of objective denial. So I think that was a really interesting call out by Kelsey there. Very um, interesting call out. Yeah. At kicker. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's move on from tenth edition for a little bit. Let's let's uh, let's look at what's coming out this month. Let's talk or about this month now, people. Yes, this week. Yeah. <laughs> GW pre-orders this weekend. We've got the Seraphon. These are the lizard dudes, the dinos riding dinos. Their battle tome and vanguard box is coming out this weekend. These are sexy models, people. I mean. I don't play Age of Sigmar, but I'm going to start playing now. I want these models. I want to play them. I just, I love the idea of dinos riding dinos with blow darts and bow and arrows and raptors. I don't know. It's just epic. And then we've also got some Adeptus Titanicus uh, stuff. There's a campaign coming out. A campaign, I guess, come to, uh, com, uh, you know, I can't say that word, Seth. I can't say that word. Compendium? Compendium? Compendium. <laughs> I promise I'm literate, but there's just Born a lot. Born and raised American right there. <laughs> Yes, and and they've also got a conversion a conversion beam weapons. Adeptus Titanicus. I've never actually seen it being played. I do know it's played at LVO, and it's played every year at LVO since it's yeah. uh, well since the the game came out. So it is a popular game. It is just not one that I haven't seen that often. But it looks like GW is still supporting it by releasing stuff like this. Let's phone a friend in, uh, Nikki D. Nikki D. We need to know some nerd news, please, because I know that you are dialed in, especially regarding something very, very dear, near and dear to your heart, the Mandalorian. What's going on uh, in in pop culture today? Yeah, absolutely. So today is a big day, and chat. I'm gonna be very upset. I'm I'm leading this off with no spoilers in chat, please. Like we need some sort of moratorium or like not sharing spoilers yet. Uh, us <laughs> on the show here are very excited for the season finale of Mandalorian. Last yeah. week, I I'm literally shared... watching it after this. I'm literally yeah. going upstairs, getting food, and watching it. Yeah, sorry. I'm uh, gonna mess. I'm gonna message you after I because my, my wife and I are doing more. the same same yeah. exact thing. So really excited yeah. for that um, kicker. I'll expand on it though because related to the Mandalorian and Star Wars, we have talked on this show, uh, Frontline Gaming Network friend partner, uh, former FLGN show. Uh, Grim After Dark, they're really hype about this game, Star Wars Shatter, Shatterpoint. Yes. The core mm -hmm. rules were released this past week. If you want to see more information, there's actually a number of posts on the FLG website about this and a number of posts from uh, from some operators that go through specific rules. Skari, are, I know you play a lot of different tabletop games. Have yep. you looked into Shatterpoint yet? What, I've not. I play Star know? Wars Legion, but okay. I haven't played Shatterpoint. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys, Shatterpoint within the, the Legion communities is, is getting a lot of excitement. We will be having Shatterpoint at LVO for 100%. You know, it's definitely happening. Amazing. For those of you that are not in, 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 you know, not aware, Shatterpoint's going to be more of a skirmish style, I think MCP version of Star Wars Legion. And yeah, it is looking cool. really, really cool. Will it convert Legion players to Shatterpoint, uh, to, to Shatterpoint players? Maybe. I don't know. It does look like, though, that uh, a lot of Legion players are going to try this game out as soon as it drops officially all right kicker what's going on with some uh some flg events oh yeah okay guys so as we know bao is next month uh we've just added mcp after bao we have lso oh no aco sorry aco yeah, in atlantic city one. yeah one one at a time one at a time so we've got bao then aco this one's gotten big bigger and bigger and bigger this will be our largest 40k event outside of lvo for sure um and we've added a few more events but nothing too exciting unless you're really interested into to some small game systems. But we've also got Lone Star open and we added X-Wing and Armada. And it looks like those are likely going to be qualifiers for AMG's national event, Ooh. which is a big deal. If nice. you play X-Wing or if you play Armada, you want to go to these qualifiers. And we have been honored. It's 
it's not official, so I don't want to get too excited, but it's it's kind of official. It's 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 said um, verbally that these these that LSO will be uh, a qualifier for X Wing and Armada. So we're I'm adding X Wing and Armada tomorrow to the Lone Star Open cart. Uh, oh 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 oh! And as of yesterday, I began working on an LVO officially. Yes, I know it's April, and I'm already working on an LVO, which will be taking place in January. I know chat's already asking when are the dates. The dates are going to be you know. January, like they always are. We're going to be doing a full release an announcement in the near future. But yes, I've begun working on LVO 2024. And with Amazing. that being said, guys, I need your help. I'm looking for anyone that wants to keep on running events like Shatterpoint. Give me an email at events at frontlinegaming.org and I can set you to our event submission did form. You, did you just try to get a TO for a game system that hasn't even released yet? I mean, yeah. You, you want to know? Okay, I'm not <laughs> bullshitting you guys. I got a request in on Monday from a guy asking to run the new Warhammer game, the old, 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 old world game. Old world. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, dude, we have no idea. He's like, I'm ready dibs, to run this at LVO. Dibs. <laughs> yeah, like dibs, dibs. exactly. Dibs, 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 dibs. And I'm like, um, I don't know if I can, I, I, I mean, you don't even have a format yet. Like, we have no idea. Uh, sorry, no, I'm just, I'm like, kicker is thinking that far ahead. Like, this game kicker doesn't be a exist, square, okay? but I need to Just give it to him. Don't be a square. Uh, can we just wah, wah, wah. Are we excited? Gary, are we excited for Old World? Or is this something that's- I have? I have like three thousand points of Tomb Kings that are like super excited to be played again. All right, Seth, like, are you pumped? Are you pumped excited. for nope, Old World? Not at all. Not at all. All right, Nikki D, what do you think? Are you pumped? <laughs> I will get some models for the sake of nostalgia. That Warhammer Fantasy, Warhammer Fantasy. That was how I got into Warhammer. Yeah. So I'm 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 not gonna play it, but I will absolutely collect. Yeah, 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 awesome. yeah. Cool. Well, All we right. will see. I know that a lot of people, especially people that used to play it, are excited. So we'll see if it gets a lot of new players right. into it. Well, as well, let's get into a little bit of network news, and then take we'll it. we'll wrap this one up because yeah, we're, we're running a bit long here. So uh, our network partners are, are always out there doing great things. Uh, so I, the 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 ones that I kind of wanted to let you guys know about this week, Steve Joel, our beloved Steve Joel, is interviewing fellow Canadian uh, JT McDowell from Play on Tabletop. Uh, JT is like the narrator for all the play on tabletop battles. So I think we have taken officially the two like most soothing voices in 40 K and shoved them into one podcast for one episode. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to listen to. I have saved that one cause I've got a trip coming up for the mayhem GT. So I'm saving it for the drive. It nice. might put me to sleep. I don't know. That could be a bad idea. Now that I say it out loud, um, I wanted to welcome Black Rabbit Gaming uh, to the network. They've officially joined. They do live stream bat reps, uh, and that's with some of uh, the, the the friends from the Las Vegas area. So super excited to have those guys uh, today. Kicker uh, Play on Tabletop had one of uh, their their live stream, and it was the first live stream as our partner. Uh, so they Ooh. they had all that information out there. So if you were watching that today, I popped in for a bit. They had you know just a few few viewers, about seven hundred, oh, um, in the dang. middle of the day on a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you're over there watching any of those live streams, uh, you can support them by by hopping on over and using their affiliate link. And then our lovely, uh, most hardworking man in 40K, uh, Joe from War Games Live, he is up in the Northeast this week, and he's going to be at the Battle for Salvation, which is a team event, which I know the, the Archon here is uh, a super fan of those events. Absolutely. Also, Joe is a legend. A legend. He is. Kicker. Yeah. You uh, you put up a bit of a spicy poll this week. Yeah, we, we we like to get controversial here on this show, and we wanted to know what people thought should be the rules cut off uh, for our events, for all the Frontline Gaming events, in regards to the 10th edition release date. How many weeks before... Um, Same week. 
Same, same week, right? Okay, so, so we got three options. Three <laughs> weeks before the event, we will accept 10th edition rules. Two weeks before, one week before, or the day before. Uh, I'm going to let Nikki D read the stats on, on, on what the percentages were of what people selected. Yeah, I'd I'll like start. to change my answer to the day before. <laughs> The day before. <laughs> so our, our voting for the poll from the Frontline Gaming community on Facebook, um, the, the lowest percentage was 7% was one week before the event. To me, that's the sort of thing where I, this is my own editorial. Like it needs to be either need to be a little bit further out or just rip it off like a band-aid. One week is yeah. kind of that, you know. And I think the votes of... reflect that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the next was day before the event goes live uh, and live on the wild side. I think that may be something that's different for say a data slate, right? Right? Like a, yeah. yeah, Seth, you want to? I know you want to see this. Uh, Nobody it, wants think... to play old hammer. Just don't do it. I have to agree. No one wants yeah. to play the old stuff, but there's some logistical com- complications that come into play. Yep. Especially where, you know, depending on what you have for list submission and if, if and it may be different with a data slate where there's not points changes, right? But there mm-hmm. could be changes that drastically change the player's list. So two yeah. weeks before an event, that's my personal um, preference on it. But I, I'll say as well, it's different like an RTT. If it's an RTT and it goes live that morning, let the thing fly. If we're yeah. talking like a bigger event, you know, maybe two weeks. Uh, but then actually the – and that got 30% of the vote from the community. But the highest percentage vote from the computer from the community with thirty seven percent was three weeks before the event date. Wow. So you know, there's a lot of us, Scary, Seth, you guys in particular are are guys that go and play on the competitive scene pretty regularly. Kicker and I, we play events when we can, and we want to have some fun mm-hmm. while we're out of the house doing that sort of thing. You know, there's a lot of players that are I don't want to say more casual, but um, they want to you know casually have, competitive, ca- casually, casually competitive, yeah. right? Right, where like winning is fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Scary, you've been around and playing this game for uh, for a long time. I think there's been lots of fluctuations, right, with rules cut off. Hundred percent. So, where do you think this kind of stands now, and, and especially as we go into tenth edition? Uh, well, I, I understand. Like, yes, I, I think three weeks gives you time, especially if you've bought a ticket, a plane ticket, a hotel. You know, and you're like you you're kind of already bought into the the idea of what it's going to be like to go there. Like you, you have that sense that kind of like upending like the list that you've been working on or like that you're practicing with. And then all of a sudden, like having it change like three days before the event and you're just feeling like a little disenfranchised with the whole like, oh, now my unit that I painted is worthless or the combo that I worked on doesn't work or whatever. I understand that aspect of it. As a player who is probably too comfortable with change because of the fact that I've been playing for 24 years or something like that, that I, nothing surprises me at this point. Um, I want to play the day of, like when the stuff comes out, right? So I'm very biased in that sense. So, so but you I understand do you have a, a full inventory, Scary. Uh, you've been playing the same army for a long time. You can kind of pick up stuff and go. Correct. I think that the, the hobby lag right? thing is something yeah. we have to consider, right? Like yeah. we have to accept that some people have to try and paint stuff you know, because because painting is part of the score, right? Like, yeah, kicker, kicker. They got three months to start painting right now. Yeah, right. Just go, go. Well, not only that, but I feel like it. It definitely. Like, this is a whole. This is a topic for a whole other podcast yeah. episode where we could talk about the importance of this specific topic and whether or not you're a meta chaser versus somebody who collects yeah. a faction over multiple years, right? Because yeah, yeah. somebody who just meta chases, which is completely fine. Okay, if you mm-hmm. just want to buy the next best coolest thing, paint it up in two weeks. And crush your friends for like two months or whatever. Be my guest. That's if that's how you enjoy the hobby. Awesome. But you know, I could see someone like that being more like um, 
like wanting it to to have more time to switch rather than someone who just has a bunch of everything who can go ooh now this unit that i collected 10 years ago is good again you know and then just adding that back into their list because they've just had it forever yeah do we have any comments from the from the you know all the people on on social media that might have had you know interesting opinions or thoughts that we want to share uh, yeah, a little bit about everything. And, and Scary, I'll, I'll call it out real quick too that you, as you noted there, I think you just invited yourself back onto the podcast for a future ex- <laughs> for a future discussion Excellent. topic on on, uh, on further, you know, Web hey, what, what is the right time and, and doing the kind of changes that are there. So we'll, uh, I'll have my people reach out to, to your people about that. How about that? And we're, it's just you and <laughs> I that, that, are, that are those people. Um, I, I was like, wait, you guys got people? And, yeah, I mean, I don't require, have people. <laughs> require the tithe and souls. Yep. Um, I'll say, okay, so things from the community poll, though. Patrick points out there that while this is good in theory or concept, that judges need to be confident and know what the yeah. changes are and how that can impact it. So, yes, us as players is one thing, um, especially with the new edition change. That's going to be even more prominent. So that's, you know, a, a good call out there, um, you know, and, and how that part is set. Uh, Hunter points out that, hey, with some changes, that can drastically change what is, is good for list, and you may need to have you know, go and buy new models that aren't available. And that can definitely make things a difficult. And the availability is a good point. Like even the book, the rule book might not necessarily be easily available for everyone Mm -hmm. upon a release. Or, or, you know, the model, like, yep. Um, And then final comment, I'll point out, uh, Kristen notes this and Kristen's comment is it's going to depend on when lists are due, right? When is list submission for an event? And generally the bigger event, the further out that lists need to be submitted so that judges can make sure that they're done appropriately and, you know, if there's going to be a change, you know, that's that's OK. But if people need to resubmit list, you know, two days before they're due, that really might not be feasible. Right. There's some of us that we may not have time to sit down and evaluate changes for rules over the course of two days. So it's not just is the list submission yeah. ahead of that date, but also does it give people enough time to evaluate the new rules? So kicker, Look, that's, all this that's logic is just is making me sick. I want to play with the new toys and I want to. Meow. And I have to I have to agree with Seth, like. I and Scary, I personally like assume, like we know that a lot of things are out in the open before they are officially released. We kind of have an idea for where things are going a lot of times. Um, I also like I don't want to play an old edition. As soon as the rules are out, I want to play that edition personally. Yeah. But Frontline Gaming, like we are of the community for the community. We're going to keep on putting polls out there, trying to figure out what people want. So maybe we will get that release date, or we'll have an idea when that release date's Fine. happening, and we say, "Hey, here's the release date. Do we want to uh, use this for ACO? Or do we want to use this for LSO? See what people want. That's that's how we we operate, right?" I empathize, but this yeah. is my hot take. Go suck it up. <laughs> Just paint faster. <laughs> Just you know, there there are guys at all of our events. Like I see them every morning that roll out of bed, you know, completely exhausted because they stayed up all night long painting those last few miniatures just to get a battle ready. So we might see a lot of that right after. You're saying people have jobs and have to do stuff other than hobby. <laughs> oh my goodness, we we can't all be like you, Scarfy. Hey, so oh, uh, right. so guys, speaking speaking of hobby, Seth, you want to introduce our there we go. hobby there work we go. in progress look at that. for the yeah. community? Yeah. So Good let's take there. a look at uh, what some of the community has been working on before we send this one away. So uh, normally, normally Ooh, when we do cool. this, uh, this post is done by by uh, Adam Peterson. 
uh, and he was working on the Soulblight Army. I beat him to the punch this morning with our work in progress Wednesday post. Yeah. Um, but he did post up that he's been building a bunch of Soulblight. So, you know, I showed him off here. So good work, Adam. Um, uh, Seth, the, explain people where people can share their their hobby oh, progress. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to show off your hobby progress and maybe get it on the show here, go on over to the Frontline Gaming Community page, post it up there. You can post it up at any time. I'm usually going to be posting on Wednesdays um, and that's the easiest way for me to find you is you just drop it in the comments there. But if you post up whatever you're working on throughout the week, we all love to watch what everyone's working on. So uh, if you get it done and you want to show it off early, post early. I do scan back from from like this week to last week to see if anyone posted anything as well. So that's always a nice way to, to, to show off what you've been working on and you can post it up over there on our Facebook page. But we uh, like, like it's also like just fun stuff to go back yeah. and see what everyone else does. Like I go through that post and that's one of my favorite posts to see each week is to see all the cool stuff that that community members, a lot of them are friends, like what they've done. Cause we got some serious talent in, in this group here. So Seth, did you see anything this week that really stood out to you? Well, kicker, uh, you do prizes at events. This yeah. is uh, for, in chat. Neat. We have Dean uh, Pritchard from the AMJGT. This is just some of the prize wow. support he was working on. Wow. Um, all these purity cells. He's also working on a giant chain axe to make the one that I took to LVO look sad. Oh, geez. Uh, Nikki D, describe these purity seals. Is this like life size? What do you think? There, uh, I've actually got some purity seals in my closet next to me uh, from yeah. Dean and some of the guys. <laughs> I, I come from North Carolina. So I can tell nice. you, Dean and some of the guys that are there are very much part of the reason why I'm into 40K as much as I can. Uh, yeah. Last year was their first event for the Mayhem GT. They ran a fantastic event, great community, great group of people. I'm very jealous of Seth because he gets to go. I do not. So I'll be very sad. Seth's going to hang out with some of my favorite I'll just, people. I'll just post pictures for you all weekend. I'll just text you constantly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But they do, they do great prize support, um, both in terms of uh, models and other things like that. But then also the, the these are, again, for people that are listening to the podcast, they are purity seals with specific written out text. Uh, different oh, things so for cool. different factions. They do great support for people on the hobby side of it. So painting, mm -hmm. version, everything else like that. Um, they do a, a fantastic job. So if you're in North Carolina this weekend or around North Carolina, I don't know if tickets are still available for that, but go go check out Mayhem GT if you can. Cool, cool, cool. We got some other uh, awesome miniatures we can show we off do. this week. We have, we have one more to show off this week. Uh, this last submission is from Max Steele, uh, and this is his... Uh, uh, Hydra Dominatus. Uh, this is some amazing I am work. Uh, Mac <laughs> does amazing work. I've seen a lot of his armies. Um, but fun fact about Mac, he's a friend of mine and he has a legal uh, nickname, I guess would be the term, or, or legal alias of the Beat Dominator. Um, so uh, I just, I love Mac's work. Um, I think he was supposed to be going to Mayhem this weekend, but life got in the way. I tried to kidnap him, but he's a big man uh, and he can't be taken that easily. But he did, as you can see, do some great hobby work. So thanks for, for showing off uh, with your models there, Mac. That looks really um, cool. But that is all we have for this week. Uh, Skari, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and helping us uh, keep some perspective about all these changes. Um, final thoughts from the night from all of you guys. Well, well Skari, uh, before we, we, we sign off, where can people find you in the future? Well, the best way to find me is on YouTube and Patreon. That's like the best way. Scardcast. I do bat reps and videos and a bunch of other stuff. Hey, come hang out, you know, and... Uh, and uh, if you need anything, just send me a message on like Instagram. I literally respond to like pretty much everything. <laughs> and and you do this full time, right? This is your full time gig. Yeah, I've been doing content creation for four years now. Sweet. So sweet. this is coming on four years, going on five now. 
and uh and i i'm not looking back it's fantastic and i hope like with i hope to teach the community something and i hope you get value out of what i do Awesome. Well, well, Mr. Scari, we're very honored to have you on our show tonight. Uh, Seth, I, uh, you know, Nikki D, I got to tell you guys, I played an RTT this past weekend. And I am so stoked to find my next tournament. Like, like as soon as we sign off tonight, I'm going to go start, you know, searching where can I go. Uh, hit me up if you're in the South. If and only, if only you knew some TOs. If only if I knew only. some <laughs> if, you, if you're a TO in the South and you know me, just just text me, tell me to come to your event because I am ready. Uh, what come about to Canada. You, come <laughs> go to Canada. Canada. That's a long okay. drive. That's it, a long drive. It's fine. It's like, you it's, don't have to drive everywhere, kicker. I like to drive. It's, you it's make like, these everything. things called planes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick, what are, what are you up to, man? What's going on with you for the rest of the week? I have a bit of uh, personal travel, so some personal time off, some PTO. Uh, so I will be away from home, and I've got some work travel. So I'm, I'm tying the, the PTO with work travel out on the West Coast, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, but I, that means, folks, I will not be here on the show next week, but rest assured, I will still be active in the FLG Community Facebook page. I'll be asking for or, uh, asking about hobby progress along with Seth, Seth, and I will be instigating hot takes for 10th edition based on the latest that we have. So I'll see you, folks, in two weeks and or on the Facebook page. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well... Thank you. Uh, thank you again for joining us, Scar. Oh, thanks really for having me. This was uh, great. Having you on. Uh, thanks for joining us in the chat. We enjoyed chatting with all you guys. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us here. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Signals from the Frontline. Have a great week, and we will see you down that dusty trail there, Cowboys, <laughs> next Wednesday. <laughs> <Ooh -wee. laughs> Good night, guys.